0: It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Karpel and your Golden Years.
1: Good evening and welcome to Dr. Mara Karpel and your Golden Years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on com, and now also on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, December the 19th, 2021, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell, and we are back live from beautiful Austin, Texas, and Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the show run smoothly, as usual. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined by artist, jazz singer, and writer, Georgianne Lowe, to discuss her latest book, her memoir, Resurrecting Bunny, A Wild Child's Pilgrimage. And then, later in the program, I'll get some thoughts about the end of the year and keeping our passion, even through these difficult times. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions, so if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720, that's 855-345-4720, or you can email your questions to me and I will read them on the air to my guests. And my email address is Dr. Mara D R M A R A at Dr MaraCarpel dot com. dot com. And later you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with any website links we discussed on this evening's program. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B L O G Talk dot com slash your Golden Years. Or you can go to my page on Apple Podcasts. Just do a search for Dr. Mara Karpel and your golden years. And for information for upcoming programs, <clears throat> go to my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, and to listen to previous programs, my website and slash your golden years. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and it's sponsored by A Mighty Good Wondering what to do after you're 50? How about having a mighty good time? It's free to search, free to post and much more. So whether it's in person or virtually, anything can be found to fill your day with others. So be more active and start filling your days. Go to amightygoodtime.com. That's amightygoodtime.com. Okay, we're going to take a brief break um, to play a few more of our sponsors' commercials, but it's going to be very brief, so don't go anywhere because we'll be back very soon with George Ann Lowe to talk about her book, Resurrecting Bunny, and some other things, interesting things about her life. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Super psychologist Dr. Mara Karpel will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive there are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com.
1: And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpel.com. And joining us on the phone from Colorado is artist, jazz singer, and writer, Georgianne Lowe. And she's here to discuss her latest memoir, Resurrecting Bunny. Welcome, Georgianne. Thank you, Mara.
2: Thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, I just want to let you know and let our listeners know that when we talk like this, there's a slight delay, like one or two seconds, so good to keep that in mind, and also for our listeners to be understanding of that. Um, So how are you this afternoon?
3: (laughs) I'm quite lovely. (laughs) Uh, It's a beautiful day in Colorado. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't it always and, a beautiful day in Colorado?
3: Well, I think
1: it is, even when it snows. Yeah.
3: I miss the snow. I'd like it to snow. Mm-hmm. I just want
1: to put that uh-huh. out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always sunny. Whenever I've been there, it's always been sunny. Even if it's cold, it's sunny. So, <laughs> oh, it's oh small, yes. We have sunny. lots of sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, Georgianne, I have your... Really, this is a, a lovely little book. I read it in one sitting, but packed with so much, and I so enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the just going on this journey with you, and also the beautiful uh, artwork in the book. Um, but before we get to the book and why you wrote it, and and what it's about. Can you just give a little bit of your um, background, what you do, and and that sort of thing? Um, Yeah. I grew up uh, in Colorado,
3: and it's funny because it was a little town called Golden. (laughs) So when Uh you talk about your Golden years, um, (laughs) I left immediately (laughs) upon graduating from high school and uh, pretty much lived all over the country. and. Uh, was a kind of wild and crazy hippie for a good many, good many years before I had my children, and then I settled down, and uh, I raised my children, and I don't know. Each each segment of my life has been about really sinking into the reality of those times. Mm-hmm. So when my children were raised. Um, pretty much, <laughs> more or less um, I, uh, bought a little, um, I bought a little house in, in France And I spent a good deal of time there completely alone um, Learned to speak the language And uh, did some singing in local nightclubs And even in Paris I was south of Paris I was in a, a tiny little hamlet Mm-hmm. But um, that's where I really got serious about meditation and finding m- my sort of deeper identity, you might say. Okay, okay.
1: So, what led you to write this book?
3: Um, my whole life has been about self expression and. I've always felt since I was a little kid that I needed to let people know what was going on in inside myself in my brain and my soul and my heart. <laughs> and um I wrote the book because um I had gotten more deeply spiritual over the um the last 20 years, say. And I couldn't figure out how I could find my way back to um, an Episcopal uh, a cathedral experience. I thought, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> uh, my meditation practice was based on yoga and Eastern religion, and I, I feel that I uh, I unite both of those paths, both uh, Christianity and um, yoga and Eastern religion uh, in my in myself. So, uh, and in my practices, so it was crazy going to church, but I liked it. You know, I liked it. It doesn't cover all the bases for me. So my own practice is, is more important uh, than going to church, but I like church. I like the, uh, and I have discovered that um, my way of going through the world now is to, really invite Christ and the love of Christ, which you can call anything you want, but to me it's Christ's love into my heart. Okay. <laughs>
1: so <clears throat> so in this book you talk a lot, uh, you know, it's a pretty wild ride, right? In fact, you said <laughs> a wild child's pilgrimage. Um, so what you know, and then you talk about rediscovery and rediscovering yourself, which I think is really important for all of us. So, you know, you just mentioned what's important to you. And I think, you know, for listeners, it might be something different. We all really oh, yeah. need to find what what it is that is really important to us and who we really are underneath um, all the different roles that we're that we're given in life, um, from your experience and all that you've gone through in in this search to to reconnect with yourself, um, do you have any thoughts of, of advice for listeners about how to reconnect um, with who they really are at at any age? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs>
3: okay, <laughs> uh, I. I think that we have lots going on in our mind, lots of little stories that we tell ourselves about who we are, and lots of thoughts, some not real positive about ourselves and our behaviors and who we think we are. But it's all about who we think we are. So we have to kind of drop down beneath the surface a little bit and try and come into our our breath, each breath and each moment and into our hearts, and then start noticing who we are. Start from a a sort of a new place. It's always possible to start from a new place because each moment is a new place. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So you know what i i you know I'm sure that you have you know experienced this, and what I have experienced and and seen and heard from a lot of people is that sometimes that's a scary experience because they might not necessarily like they find when they discover who they are <laughs> um, <laughs> you have any i think a I don't know run away from that
3: yeah yeah i I think you're absolutely right, and that's why people um, don't like to turn the TV off or turn off the music or turn off mm-hmm. the conversations, the constant stimulus. Um, they don't want to be quiet, and that's a real um problem in in our country, I think um. Well, all over the world, I think I think it's become a problem. Um, but uh, particularly in America, it's it's so uh, frightening. To in fact, in in my book, I write about before I ever started meditating, and I started when I was twenty eight. Um, mm-hmm. Before I started, I was really scared, Mara, to be in a room by myself.
2: Mm -hmm. I
3: wanted constant stimulus. I wanted other people to tell me who I was. And I didn't know what I was experiencing when I was by myself. And I know I I talk about what what I've discovered at this point, but it took me a long time to get here. But the first thing I discovered was how to be quiet. So I call my solitude, um, I call it my healing solitude, because it's in in the in the quiet place that people can get more comfortable with those thoughts you know get get beneath the thoughts that are still telling them, well, you're no good you're not you know you don't really want to find out who you are because it's not good uh, you mm-hmm. know those are just thoughts, those are fears, so I know you you've probably experienced you know getting into the breath breathing breathing through mm-hmm. those those fearsome places and coming into a point where you can be with yourself in quiet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a lot, you know, a lot of people say to me, I just can't be quiet because my mind is racing when I try to sit down
3: <laughs> so- every- <laughs> Sorry.
1: Right. <laughs> oh, I I laugh. Right. I I'm
3: sorry, Mara, to interrupt, and I I know the two second thing is I'm not sure I'm doing it right, but
1: well, it's um, actually half I, a second. I was just told that it feels like two seconds. Okay.
3: Oh, okay. It's just half a second.
1: That's, That's really right. fast.
3: <laughs> yeah. I um, was just I was just corrected. <laughs> right. Right um you know I, I think um, that that terrible fear of of being alone and and being with yourself is such it's such a sad thing it's the saddest one of the saddest things there is it's a trap it's a trick that our ego plays and the truth of the matter, from my life's experience, <laughs> is that it's so joyful to find, to find yourself, to be able to dance with yourself, which was, by the way, my first uh, memoir was called Dancing Alone. And it's, it really, truly is joyous to be able to say, oh, I'm with myself. I'm with me. I like me. <laughs> even though I screw mm-hmm. up all the time.
1: <laughs> right. Which we all do. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Everybody feels like it's just them. Like, sure, you can be happy with yourself because, you know, you don't have all these things wrong with you, but me, I have so, so many things wrong with me that who would want to be me? You know, oh. I think that that's a common theme. Well, you prob you probably
2: run
3: into that a lot in uh, you know mm-hmm. psychotherapy and that sort of thing, and to me it is a very sad. It's a uh, trick of the ego, which says, "Oh, you're not good enough, and uh, you you can't meditate, you can't be quiet because you've got too many thoughts." Well, everybody does. Everybody does. It. I've meditated for almost 50 years. <laughs> and i uh-huh. still i still have all this all these shenanigans going on in my mind so it it doesn't just suddenly go away you know
1: it's just it's it's us as human beings we're human mhm mhm right and we're you know we're fallible we make mistakes all the time
3: <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so in your book you talk about Wholeness and being wholeness being holiness, um can you talk about how you know what that is for you the wholeness being you know being really fully yourself being being I'm sorry, being really what fully yourself you talk about a whole oh. being whole,
3: yeah, being whole yourself, yes. Um, To me, then, um, I would say being whole in the psychological, the psychic, you know, uh, sense, like Carl Jung being individuated, being like, you know, um, uh, a whole person uh, is a holy place. And it's not something... It's not something you can really explain to someone. it's like um it, it's not it's not a god thing it's a it's a presence it's a presence of um just feeling whole en- whole enough and well enough to be able to be open to deeper consciousness
2: mm-hmm. to
3: a deeper presence within the moment.
1: Mhm.
3: Mhm.
1: So do you think that that your, you know, connecting to that um generated your singing, your music, your artwork or do you think it's the other way around that the artwork and the, and your singing kind of brought you helped to bring you to that place? Oh, that's an interesting thought.
3: Um I would say that uh, particularly with my artwork, it helped me to come to a place of wholeness because I, once I allowed myself to not worry about being perfect, not worry about you know, showing somebody, impressing someone else, and just simply impressing myself or having fun with my art, with my, the movement of my pen and my color. Uh, on the paper, uh, once I got to that point, I began to to uh, be more whole. I began to like myself better because i wasn 't trying to please somebody else, and mm-hmm. with the music, uh, I would say that the uh, the more whole I got, then uh, you know when you sing with a jazz band, you really have to be present with the other guys, you know, you have to be, it's kind of like one mind, you know, you really have to be right there in the flow of the moment with the other players. Right. Uh, and so that's a powerful, um, uh, lesson in presence in and of itself. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I could see that because the jazz you're, you're improvising quite a bit.
3: Right. So you're listening. So -hmm. listening, listening is key listening. uh, And, you know, I'm a spiritual director as well. So all I uh, have learned to do uh, in my training is to listen. They used to call it, um, I think it's a very old ancient practice of holy listening. And you could say "holy" as in "whole" or "holy" as in "holy," <laughs> but it uh-huh. is really truly being present to someone else and hearing, hearing what they are really saying.
1: Right, right. So, you know, being being present with ourselves also helps us to be present with other people, and you know comes around, right, and building better relationships and, um, you know, (laughs) it's all intertwined.
3: You are so, you are so, that's very well put. (laughs) It really Mm -hmm. is. You have to, you have to really hear yourself. You have to, you have to go in there and say, okay, come on, let's, let's, you know, let's get through this, whatever these fears are. What's going on here? You know, you have to ask a question and you have to be willing to hear the answer.
1: So I, you know, I know on your website, I saw that you, you post about finding the artist within, and this is really close to, you know, what I talk about in, in terms of finding our passion within, whether it's through art or any other form of expression or, or anything that we're, feel passionate about, um, do you think you could give some tips to us about being able to find our inner artists, especially for people who say, Oh, I can't even draw a straight line. <laughs> well, sure. First of all, the line doesn't have to be
2: straight. <laughs> uh-huh. You
3: know, it doesn't have to look like what you're drawing. In fact, um, I used to sit in a coffee house in Denver and draw people around me. <laughs> and if they looked at me, I'd try to look kind of just to their side so they didn't think I was drawing them. Because the worst thing would be if they came over and saw what I was actually drawing. Because, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm very abstract in what, and I, I think the key okay, here's a tip allow yourself to be abstract. Allow yourself to take from what you see, whatever pleases you, whatever pleases you as your finger, as your f- hands are moving the pen on the paper, whatever feels good. It's a relationship. It's a rapport you develop with yourself. So if you're if in there, if there's a thought that says, oh, that doesn't look good, well then make it into a rock or make it into a you know, whatever. But don't ever think, oh, it's got to look like it's got to look like like other things that I see hanging around, you know, other art that I've seen. It doesn't because other art is frankly kinda of boring compared to your own inner artist. Your own mm-hmm. inner sense of your aesthetic that is what i hope i hope everybody understands that if they pick the next time they pick up a a pen or you know i hope that they just feel some freedom feel some freedom just have fun just move it <laughs> move it around
2: uh-huh Uh
1: uh-huh. hell
3: with it to hell with it right <laughs> <laughs>
1: well you know like picasso some of this you know the the stages he went through, they didn't look at, at all like what he was drawing, what he was painting. Um, and there was, you know, there was nothing else like it. He wasn't painting like another artist. He was painting like himself. Exactly. You know. Exactly.
2: Mhm. 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 That's right. And
1: I'm sure there were many people that were saw it and said, "What is that? That's crazy." You know, that reminds me, uh,
3: that's another little bit of what I write about and and something I've experienced all my life. Um, I was fortunate enough to have parents who, while they were pretty conventional, they loved me and they saw that maybe I had, you know, they saw that I had some gifts and that I was kind of a, a different kind of human being. And they kind of allowed it as much as they possibly could. And I always, though, in school... It was it was awful because the teachers, and especially in those days, the teachers and even the students around, a lot of the students around me didn't want, they didn't, they didn't, they don't uh, really like unconventional people. Not that mm-hmm. much because it's a little threat. It's a little bit threatening. It's like, well, how come she can be that way? I have to toe the line or whatever. I don't know what it is, but... I had to get over that. In fact, my sister um actually had a problem with me being who I am. And uh she was very good to me in many ways, but she had a real problem with with um with me being uh kind of zany and different. And so I had to struggle. I had to fight fight for my independence, fight for my individuation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think that you—that's such a big issue these days that we hear about with kids being bullied in school or, um, you know, mistreated because they're different. They don't—they don't fit into any kind of. They don't fit it neatly into the box. Um,
3: yeah. Exactly. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I, so, I think it's really sad to to see kids you know succumb to that in school or succumb to that becoming more conventional and kind of dampening their their individual individuality and their spark down so that they can fit in i think that's very sad that's that's mm-hmm. scary for kids.
1: yeah because that spark that you just talked about you know that might be their very passion that's that's the thing, if they followed that they could have a very joyful life. Following oh. that spark. Yeah, exactly. That's really
3: beautifully beautifully said. Yeah, they could have a joyous life if they if they don't if they don't dampen that down, if they don't cover that over. What do they say in that little gospel song? Put it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Mm-hmm. Let your light shine, because that's what the world needs right now. It needs our light to shine.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, so what are you doing these days? What are, what are all the different things that you're doing? I know you're, you're singing, you're doing your artwork, you write blogs, you're doing spiritual companioning. Like, What's happening today? This time, especially during covid um, a wonderful thing is I live next door
3: to um my three beautiful grand three of my five beautiful grandchildren, June, Hugo, and sersha live next door, and so I get to spend one on one time with each one of them almost daily just just mm. enough time um just enough time to really. Be there for them to really, um, really spend some quality time with each one of them, um, and I think that's such a gift. I am so happy mm-hmm. that, uh, that 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 came around. Um, my books, uh, I, my my um, my latest book, Resurrecting Bunny: A Wild Child's Pilgrimage, is now a talking book, an audio book, um, available on Amazon. And uh, right. I like it. I narrate. I I narrated it. And this is a funny, interesting thing. My former husband, the father of my children, um, is a uh, recording engineer. So I hired him to to do the uh, engineering, and uh, and then I recorded it. So it mm-hmm. it feels really good. It feels it feels just. Um, like another step in a in a, a very sort of I don't know it, it is like an intimate passion passion adventure for me because I feel like if this book can help anyone and you know I get some good feedback from people who read it if it can help anyone just a little bit then I've done something good. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know it's a beautiful book. I, I mean, you know, I, I really enjoyed reading it.
3: Um, oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Um,
1: so, how can people find out more about the book? How to buy it? How to get your uh, your audio version of it? See your artwork. Read your blog. Find out about the spiritual companioning that you do, your music, all of that, listen to your music, how can they do that?
3: Well, it's not too hard because I have it kind of all in one place at this point. I have a really nice website, uh, which is Um And uh, um, there are no E's in Georgian except for the very first one. Okay. <laughs> and there's not an E in Low. <laughs> okay. So anyway, they can okay. go to that website and it has my art and it has music, my music, and it has <laughs> it has um a way to get in touch with me as a spiritual director or ask me questions about my books. Um, people can buy the book on my website if they don't want to go to Amazon. Otherwise it is um it's all three versions the uh the uh, uh, audiobook, the uh, paperback, and the uh, ebook, the Kindle are all on Amazon. Mhm, okay, all right.
1: So I'm going to post your link, your website link on the um, website post about this show on my website. Tonight. So people can go there. They can listen to the show and get that link, and they can just click on it. So if they didn't have their pen and paper ready, they could just go there. <laughs> okay?
3: That, that is so perfect. And and one other thing is I really like to travel. So I could go um, if people had a group of, of people who were interested in, say, discussing further you know what comes up for them in uh, resurrecting bunny uh and doing some yoga um which i also have taught in the past um and maybe even getting a little more comfortable with sitting quietly um uh-huh. i would be willing to do that uh so they can just get in touch with me through my website great
1: okay all right awesome well Thank you so much, Georgianne, for for coming on the show this evening. Um, best of luck with the audio book. Thank you, thank you. This has been
3: this has been very pleasant and and uh, and fun. Uh, so I'm doing a little dance now. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's
2: stay
1: in touch. Okay. okay,
3: Mara, we will, and all the best to you. Thank you so much.
1: All right, and have a wonderful holiday and a happy new year. <laughs> Thank you, and you too. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, all right, bye-bye. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And I do highly recommend this book. It's it, Resurrecting Bunny. It's a, it's a very, it's, it's not very short, but it's, it's not a big book. So you can sit and read it in, in one or two sittings and it's just very, very enjoyable. Um, really well written and just you go on this journey with George Ann. So I highly recommend it. Okay. In the last few minutes that we have, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that this is the last show of 2021. We're going to be off Christmas weekend and New Year's weekend. And, you know, we've had a really wonderful year of guests. Um, but it's been a another tough year. If you go back and look, all the topics I've talked about when I, with my time is about how to get through the stress, how to deal with COVID, how to deal with the anger in the world. And, you know, it's been a tough year. And, you know, we're not done with it. Just because the calendar changes in a couple of weeks doesn't mean that everything goes back to the way that we'd like it to be. Um, we're still in the pandemic. People are still very, very angry at each other. Um, but, you know, and now we're dealing with Omicron, the variant of COVID, in addition to the Delta variant, and, of course, still the original originally of COVID. Um, so we really need to stop, uh, we need to to continue, and I mean, don't stop being aware of all the latest information because, with science, um, as science does, um, it changes as we know more. And so, the information may be changing. It doesn't mean that it wasn't, that it's not good information, or that anybody's lying. It's that more information comes out as the science reveals itself through the various studies that are being done. Um, And stay vigilant, you know, listen to what we're being told about this virus. Um, Don't become overly relaxed and and allow yourself to feel like it's over just because you feel like you're done with it and it's it's enough is enough. I'm ready to get on with my life. It's not over. Um, It's just not over. But we can get through this. And if we all were to really work together on this, we really could defeat this um, this virus. Um, I don't think it'll go away, but it will become what they call endemic, which is what the flu is. Um, it's not as powerful, and we would get a vaccine once a year, like people get you know, yearly flu vaccine. Um, and that's really at this point the goal because wiping it out completely um at this point, is not likely to happen for a long, long time. But we can get on with life once it becomes like the flu and endemic. But we we can't get there until we're all working together because um, the more vi- the virus gets transmitted from person to person, the more variants are created. That's how viruses mutate by being transmitted from person to person. And so, you know, you know, we need to really stay vigilant Um, and buy some home tests. Home tests are good to have around. If you think you've been exposed, um, take a home test. Even if you don't feel sick, you don't want to give it to somebody else who's more vulnerable. Um, Some people even with the vaccine can get very sick. Um, vaccine helps them to some point, but doesn't completely. And if somebody has, uh, you know, underlying conditions or, um, is elderly, they can be vulnerable even with the vaccines and the boosters. So you want to protect them and yourself by taking the home test. Um, I, you know, I got together with a friend when I was up in New York last week and, uh, we were both Around our elderly parents at that time, and we were both very, we were, we were both a little nervous about eating in her house together because we didn't want to catch it from each other if one of us had it. Even though we were both very careful, um, we ate at opposite ends of her long table. We had the windows wide open, wearing sweaters because it was freezing outside. But we also, I suggested, hey, why don't we take a home test? Because she had some kits in the house, and there are two in a kit. I had never done it before, so, and she had, so she showed me how, and it made it, um, you know, less stressful. We were do- I was doing it with a friend. We chatted for the 15 minutes that you wait with our masks on until it showed that we were both negative, and then we both felt comfortable. We still sat apart from each other. We still had the windows open, but we felt a lot more comfortable because we both tested negative And now I know how to do it in the future because she showed me. Um, You know, that might be the new normal, that people, before they get together in groups to eat, they take a test together. Um, And I say new normal, um, I don't mean that lightly. I don't mean that as a joke because I truly believe that that, that things will never go back to the way they were and before COVID, in many spheres of our lives. And that's how life is. Things change. Things happen that create the change, or sometimes they naturally change, but sometimes they're caused by events. Some things change for the better. So in this situation of COVID, we now know that many jobs can be done remotely, and that some people prefer to work from home for various reasons. And that's a positive change that came out of it, um and there are things that we will just have to adjust to, just like we've adjusted to the changes at the airports since nine eleven That has never gone back to the way it was before nine eleven um, so you know let's just stay vigilant and you know, we really went through some rough times together, you and I, during this past year in 2020 with the pandemic and all of the domino effects caused by the pandemic. Many of us have also had our own trials and tribulations during this time because, as with all, all, you know, all the stresses of life continue. In spite of a a global pandemic, you know, every other year before, we had life stressors, and they continued. And so if there's one lesson for me that overshadowed the many others of this past year, it has been that of the power of hope. And hope gives us the resilience to get through rough times, whether it's a global pandemic or our own personal um, stressful life event. And as Dr. Chan Hillman, who is the uh, psychologist and science of research, a science of hope researcher and the author of Hope Rising, discussed on this program on November 21st, hope is an active verb. It's not just a noun. And hope takes action. Hope isn't uh, just a wish. Hope is very different from a wish. A wish is passive, hope is actually active. And when he was on the show, Dr. Hellman defined hope for us as the belief that the future will be better than today and that I have the power to make that so, to see that future potentially come true. And hope is grounded in three principles, goals, pathways, and willpower, according to Dr. Hellman. So that means as long as there's some chance that we could get to a better place, then Hope means that we see that pathway to get there. We figure it out. What is the way to get there? The best possible way to make that the outcome more likely and to take the action to do it as well as maintain the willpower to keep doing it. Even when things are dark, even when it's hard. So for example, in, 2021, as I've spoken about on the show, my journey involved, you know, my mom being in the hospital for four weeks. And it was the hope that motivated me to push hard and advocate for her to receive the life-saving treatment she received, even against the resistance of the medical community. And it was my mom's hope that kept her fighting to recover. And I'm grateful and I'm thrilled that It worked, and she's now enjoying life to its fullest, despite of the um, the resistance. And it was hope that got us through that. And in the same way, the hope applies to our current COVID mess. There is a pathway toward a health, a healthier environment, and a safer community and a pathway we can take to stay safe, keep our loved ones safe, keep our community safe, and keeping the most vulnerable among us safe, and to get through this without so much anger and violence. If we can focus on the pathways to those goals of a healthier, kinder society and take the actions needed, we have a chance of achieving those goals. So, you know, getting vaccinated, wearing masks, keeping our distance, doing testing, all of that, in addition to taking acts of kindness, um, being kind and compassionate with other people, understanding other people, where they're coming from, and understanding people who are really scared of getting sick, understanding struggles of people who are different from us and who need our help, and, and as Georgianne talked about really listening being present and listening to their stories is a generosity of spirit and it helps us to be able to support them um, kindness and generosity are powerful forces to bring light where there's darkness and you know you might feel powerless as just one person to make a difference but one person can make a huge difference in bringing light into the world we often hear stories of people who were close to killing themselves and didn't because somebody said something really kind to them or did something kind for them and made them feel that, hey, you know, there are people who are caring or I'm worthy of being cared for. Whatever it is at that moment that stopped that cycle, that spiral that was leading that person to want to take their own life was interrupted by kindness. So being a kind person makes a huge difference to changing the world and saving one person's life is worth just everything. You know, it's not, you don't, you don't have to save millions of people to have importance. Being able to help one person is just wonderful. And on that in that regard, I just want, also want to mention that the holidays are a particularly difficult time for many people. So please, an act of kindness is to keep your eye and ear open for friends or neighbors who might be struggling right now and check on them, do something kind for them. And if you or someone you know, if you feel like your neighbor it might be considering hurting themselves or you are considering that, please know that there is help 24-7. There are people who are trained to help and want to help. That's their mission, their goal in life. They are there to help you. And one of those great places to reach out for help is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And that's 1-800-273-8255. That's um, one eight hundred two seven three 273 talk And you can find that if you forget this number. Um, if you just Google it on the computer, it will pop right up. one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. 273 And you can call for yourself or you can call for someone else who you see in trouble. And they're there 24-7, holidays, weekends. And if it's real urgent and the person is in imminent danger or you are in imminent danger of hurting yourself, you know, go to the nearest emergency room, call 911. We need all of us here. We need all of us to bring about a joyful, kinder, healthier world. We need you to feel better. Um, And, you know, having hope, knowing there is one Narrow pathway, that's all we need is one narrow pathway to get to where we want to be, to a better place, brings us resilience and helps us to get through these stressful times, helps us to get through the darkness that we see around us. And it brings joy and light into our lives. Just having that hope. So this year talk about the show. This year we've done a lot. We've had some really, really awesome guests, and many are returning, or already scheduled to return in 2022, and we also have many other guests already scheduled for 2022. The Audible of my book is coming out, I believe, this week. It's been in process for a while, so stay tuned. It'll be posted on my Facebook page um when it does launch and it'll also be on my website. So my Facebook page, Dr. maricarpel your golden years, my website, Dr. Maricarpel.com. And with that, I want to wish you all a very peaceful, healthy, and joyful end of twenty twenty one and a hopeful and passionate new new year. Um, we'll see you right here in twenty twenty two. And we'll be starting the new year with a live show on January 9th when Sensei Alex Kakuyo will be back um, to discuss more about finding joy and peace right now in this moment with whatever is happening because this moment is really all that we have. So if you want to hear tonight's program again, get the website links that we talked about. Go to my website, drmarikarpel.com. All of that will be there later tonight. The podcast, the website link. And you can hear the show in five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B L O G, talkradio.com slash your golden years, or go to Apple Podcasts and look up Dr. Maricartel and your golden years. It'll also all be there. Follow me on Facebook. And this show was produced by Complice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by A amightygoodtime.com. Thank you to my guest, Georgian Lowe. Thank you to Art. And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring next few weeks. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And stay safe.
2: It's the same everyday I just gotta get out of here I just gotta get out of here Take me back any day to the island of Bay I just gotta find peace of mind